Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. During the recording of Eight Days a Week, John Lennon leans a hollow body Gibson against an amplifier and it goes whoop, okay? Well, now you've got George Martin, who I don't know why he didn't wear a wizard hat all the time. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. Hi, Tammy. How are things? Things are well. Really? Is that true? Have you checked all the things? Are you positive that everything is correct? All the things that I know about. There you go. Because there might be something over there in the corner we're having trouble with. I'm really going too long with this bit. I'm Joe Burns, and I, once again... I'm Tammy Burns, Excellent. Again. Broadcasting from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. Tammy, I have a trivia question for you, and those of you out there can is use the this Is the answer well. things? No, the answer is not things. It might be thing, but you'll hear it, and it's not. What is the smallest word in the English language to contain the letters A, B, C, D, E, and F? Yes, it is Confefe, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's no, it's the word feedback. Oh, feedback. I did not know that. Oh no, Joe, you're not going to do another technical show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's kind of a fun technical show because when somebody throws out the fact. That everybody knows you get to step up and go, oh, no, 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 no. You don't quite have that correct. Feedback. And the reason I have so many of these technical shows is because, once again, this semester I am teaching audio production. Happens every time, right. ladies so and gentlemen. Right, so my lecture notes tend to sort of bleed into the Rock School Radio Are you also show. doing that thing where you're showing them how to solder? Yes, that's at the end. Oh, great. You'll I, come home with those terrible burns on your fingers, right? right? I will just grab the soldering iron incorrectly. <laughs> but no, I, I have them at the end of the class solder together a, a European siren so they can see how a resistor and a capacitor and all that kind of stuff works. But back to the topic at hand, feedback. I think everybody has sort of at one point in time in their life or another heard audio feedback. Yeah. It's that terrible whoop and... Forgive me if you have ever had that thing go whoop while you were wearing headphones. Oh, really? Your ears meet in the middle. So what is audio feedback? What is it all about? How does it work? How do you get rid of it? And here's the thing that tipped me off. Because a friend of mine, we were talking, you know, by the way, it's the same guy about four houses down, you know, that wants to always have one more audio information than I do. Oh, I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He made the statement that the first time that a band intentionally Uh recorded feedback, because feedback's been around ever since amplification. It's just that when it happened in the studio, people went, oh, no, 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 do it again. We don't want that. Right. Right. 
the he said the first time that the uh, the idea of feedback was recorded and put out there was the Beatles I feel fine is okay. it is it is I don't it? know because I looked at him and I said no I can come up with two before that and he's like no 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 the Beatles were first mm, maybe I will play them both the two that I think are previous to the Beatles right I mean live you have feedback all the time yeah it's the question of intentionally recording feedback that's where most people jump to i feel fine by the beatles that little right at the beginning Uh okay so i'll play that and that's the one that everybody says this is it this is it okay then i'll play for you later on two that were previous to it so you can sound super smart intentional maybe (laughs) maybe not that's the question. Okay. I'll tell you the story behind I Feel Fine, and then I'll play the other songs for you. Is it intentional? Well, they didn't take it off. Hey, you know the only I mean? thing I know about feedback is if I ever listen to it, if there's ever a band that I really hate, yes, they always have feedback. That's because you think you hate them. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. All right, I Feel Fine by the Beatles. Listen to the beginning. You know what? I'm not going to play the Beatles. I'll play it later on when I start talking about what song is first, second, third. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's All Steve right. Vai. This is for the love of God. Listen to the last section. He plays with feedback like crazy. Back in a minute to tell you exactly what feedback is and how you get rid of it, how you have it, that kind of good stuff. And we'll be done after Steve Vai here on Rock School. out of Steve Vai right at the end you could see him or hear him playing around with feedback if you get the opportunity to either on YouTube or through DVD watch Steve Vai's uh, G3 concert that he plays it's it's either a DVD or a CD that has for the love of God in it you can see him at the end of the song holding a note and then he'll step here, and a certain note will will ring as a feedback element. Okay. And then he'll take a step to the right, and it will change pitch. And then he'll step forward, and it will change pitch. Wow. And we're going to talk about why it changes pitch and do all of that. Now, okay. when, you, when you talk feedback, that's the pretty word for it. In reality, it's called the Larson effect, which is coming from Soren Albsum Larson. He's a Danish physicist who explained exactly why it happened. Here's the thing. It's not just feedback. It is a feedback loop or what they call acoustic feedback. So for the sake of argument, I have a microphone, okay? And I have the microphone pointed directly at me. Directly behind me then is the speaker that is putting out the sound from that's that coming mic. from that microphone. Uh-huh. So you have a microphone, you have a wire, you have an amplifier. The amplifier then has a wire going into the speaker. The speaker puts it out. Here's where the feedback comes from. The sound coming out of the speaker is then going into the microphone. 
Okay. So, the so it's behind the it's behind the mic. Right. The microphone is reamplifying the sound that it captured. So if you can draw a picture in your head, you see how yeah, if it's a the circle. It's right a loop. Uh -huh. if if it was water, it would be a circle going around. Now, does it necessarily create that whoop? No, you also have other elements that are involved in it. Sometimes it'll distort a little bit, but what you want to do is figure out where that whoop occurs because that whoop will tell you exactly the frequency of feedback for the room you're in. You oh, go, okay, cool. Yeah, you get in for that room. For the entire room. room. Yes. You get in that room, you're going to have a different feedback. Okay. You use a different amplifier in a different space, you're going to have a different feedback um, equalization. So there is more to setting up speakers and amps and all that kind of stuff. Than just pointing stuff away from just, each other? Yes. Yeah. Is that true? Exactly. It's fun when you see a band on stage and they have... 500 amplifiers behind them yeah it's entirely possible none of those amplifiers are working right or in terms of guitar if like joe perry wants to turn and make it go whoop on the guitar uh -huh. there may be one guitar amplifier working the rest are just for show the rest are just for show. Van Halen on the 1984 tour had something like 150 That's amplifiers on stage a whole lot of show isn't yeah. it the thing is, the vast majority of the sound is being put out by the house, which are those big giant speakers hanging over top and in front of the speakers, thus no feedback. Yes. Get it? I get it. Now, I'm going to talk in a little bit about ringing out your sound. And if you've ever played in a band, you have had your sound rung out. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that is. Let's play one more time with a little bit of feedback I have for you. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, Susie Q. Listen specifically to the solo. Fogarty will let a, a note ring and give it just enough time and just enough volume that it will whoop, ring into the feedback frequency. Yeah, sounds like this on Rock School. Talking feedback and the Larson effect today. So was I Feel Fine the first song to intentionally, intentionally is the key here, intentionally record feedback. I can't imagine that it was. Because if you remember right at the beginning of I Feel Fine, it goes whoop, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. then into the song. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Okay, fine. Well, we'll talk about that. The Larson effect, the feedback effect, obviously created by this guy named Larson. His name is Soren Abelson Larson. He was a Danish physicist. I told you that earlier in the show. He showed the four factors for effect feedback. One was distance, meaning how far your microphone is from the, or your guitar pickup, how far it is from the source that is recreating the sound it picked up. Now remember, for every doubling of the distance you do from a sound source, you lose 6 dB. Now remember, 10 dB is a doubling of sound pressure. Will you perceive it as doubling the loudness? Probably not. 
but it is a doubling of what they call the SPL, the sound pressure level. So how can I first fix feedback? Well, take your microphone and move it farther away. Number one, you shouldn't have your microphone pointed at the speaker. Okay. But if you do, move the speaker either in front or move the speaker, move the microphone away. Okay. Increase the distance. Directivity. Every microphone has a polar pattern. Where does it pick up sound from? Are they all the same? Oh, goodness, no. There's unidirectional, which means one pointer. There's bidirectional, which means it's on the front and the back. Okay. There's omnidirectional, which means it picks up from everywhere. What and what what does my speaker have, the one I'm using right the now? The one you're using right now, uh -huh. it's a bidirectional. And yours? It's the same thing. It's the same microphone. Oh, okay. Notice the element is flat, so yes. I can be picked up from the front, or I'm going to turn around and go over here. Or it could be picked up from the back. Wait, what, what did you say? I didn't hear you. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, on top of that, the concept of directivity helps because if the, the microphone only points a certain direction, you can move the microphone somewhere else. And for the love of goodness, every time you use a microphone, don't touch it. Number one, it goes here. Hear that? Yeah, what was that? That was my hand touching oh, the yeah, microphone. yeah, it is your hand. Furthermore, if you cup the microphone, which I see people do all the time. I'll just put yeah. my hand in the microphone. Well, it's very sexy. Yeah, you turn the microphone into a like an ear where you put your hand over your ear. Yeah. So you set the directivity of the microphone. Don't touch the mic. Isn't that sexy singing, though? When don't, you cope and, cup in the mic. Don't touch the microphone. Really? Right. Uh, frequency response. This has to do with how big the room is, how small the room is. Is the wall made of some flat material? Notice this room here does not have flat walls. Cool, it has isn't a it? weird thing here. This is why it works as a as a sound studio. Well, it's kind of dead too, huh? That's true. That's the reason it's dead because sound doesn't come straight back at you. Right. And then gain before feedback, meaning how loud can I turn it up? Everybody who has ever set a microphone and a PA system uh -huh. has had it where if I have it on five, it doesn't feed back. If I turn it up just one more, yeah. whoop. Yep. That's what happens. Up. All right? Yeah. So, so what do now, we do? Now you have the four elements of feedback. Okay. How do we fix it? I'm going to tell you. All right? But first, Van Halen, everybody wants some. Listen to Eddie's guitar. You can tell because it goes da -da 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 -da, whoop, whoop. He is turning the instrument towards the speaker of yeah, his amplifier you know what? and Ed, turning back. Ed knows when to stop. I guess you might be right. Most of the people that have feedback and all of that, they don't know when to stop, do or, they? Or they look at it as a note, and it's not a note. It should be, it should be the, the 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 pretty little sprinkles on a cake. Oh, it's a mistake. Use it now and again, but it's a mistake done correctly. With Ed. That's the hard part. Of with it. Ed. Yes, we can. Do not a with most of the world. Can I play the song? Oh yeah, go on ahead. Rock School.
Into the first break. Okay, how do you do this? And I gotta be honest with you, I didn't know a lot about this until we played, the band I play in, Impaired Faculties, we played a benefit concert and they hired, we normally hire a certain person to do our audio because they show up with all the big PA speakers. Right. They hired the audio. And I watched the guy do this and it was so clever what he did. There is, again, a guy named Paul C. Bonner who is responsible for the discovery of this idea that feedback isn't entire sound. It is one frequency that feeds back by the size of the room, the amount of the amplification, just one one frequency feeds back. Remember when I told you about Steve Vai, he hit the note and it rang and Uh then he stepped to the right. I was going to play the live version here, but it's radio. You can't see him moving. Gotcha. So that whoop, 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 Would just sound like whip, 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 Exactly. It would just sound like that. You wouldn't see him moving. That's why I'm saying if you got a shot at seeing him play with the G3, for the love of God, watch the very end of For the Love of God. He'll move from section to section. And he's learned step this way, three feet, what have you. But here's what this guy did. It's called ringing out the system. What he did was turn us up until it fed back. That's what he wanted. Once it fed, because I'm thinking to myself, why are you turning us up till we feed back? Yeah. The moment it fed back, he used something on his phone. I don't know what the plug-in was, but what it did, it, it broke down the sound envelope into individual frequencies. And when it fed back, that specific frequency went whoop and you could see it. I and mean, it was a visual representation. He then went to his you know, equalizer and he pulled that frequency out. So now we can go even louder, but not feed back. Why? Because we've defeated the frequency that fed back. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. I think that's cool. And when he did it, I thought, now that's neat. I even turned to the guy next to me, what is he doing? And the guy said, the, the, the guy in the band who's really the audio wizard, and I said, what is he doing? He says he's ringing out the, ringing out the system. What? W-R-I-N-G, ringing out the system. Cool. And he found the feedback once he found it. It took him a little while to get just on the money with the EQ. But once he found it... Was, he, that, was that outside? Yes. We were, under, we were playing in a, uh, like a garage where cars park. Uh-huh. And there was a specific frequency range. Yeah, cool. And I'm assuming it would hit the ceiling and come back down, and that's what fed back. Because it's not always direct sound. It could be the sound that's going and bouncing off a wall and coming back. Yeah, because what do you do when you're outside? Exactly that. So the sound bounces off the ceiling, comes back. Now, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you don't have as much feedback problem outside with nothing around you because it just radiates out. But... I just thought it was neat as anything because I went up to him and I said, let me see the EQ that you use. And he turned it around and he said, right there, there's your feedback. Cool. Was it like a little thing that you uh, you put on your wall when you're looking for studs? It might be. <laughs> it might be. The problem is when I hold a stud finder, no, it won't keep going off. Don't say it. Thank you. Don't say it. Who is listening to us on that fine piece of paper which oh, you've covered with your hang on, hang patio on. It's hidden, device? It's hidden. It's hidden. It's Go ahead. Uh, WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for running the radio show. I hope we're not too technical today. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
break. We are way late, but here's the thing. I put this show together because a friend of mine who's an audiophile down the road said to me that the first song recorded with feedback was I Feel Fine by the Beatles, November 23rd, 1964. That's when it was released. And I don't really think you can go on anything other than that release date. Okay. Because you can't say, well, it was recorded, what have you. Stop it. It's the release date you have to go for. Stories of how it happened vary amazingly, but here is the one that I hear all the time. During the recording of Eight Days a Week, John Lennon leans a hollow body Gibson against an amplifier and it goes whoop. Okay. Well, now you've got George Martin, who I don't know why he didn't wear a wizard hat all the time. He is asked, can we do this? Well, they had another song, not eight days a week, but called I Feel Fine that they didn't think was all that wonderful. Right. And John Lennon says, hey, can we make that go whoop and tack it onto the front? And George Martin, yeah, sure. You know, and then found a way to do it. Yep. Who played it? I've read that it's that it's Lennon. I've read that it's McCartney. But the one that I see again and again is that Harrison did it on his on his Gibson. Uh, actually, it would be an Epiphone Casino, hitting the E and then touching it with his thumb to start the feedback. And then once the amplifier grabbed hold of it, whoop, it took off. But is it the first? Is it the first song? Feedback existed long before this. Oh, yeah. Is it the first song where feedback was recorded on purpose? Is it? I don't know. I don't think so. What do you know? I don't think so. You don't don't think think so? so. I don't think so. Do you have the answer? Here you go. It's the Beatles. I feel fine on Rock School. Okay, time to upset almost the entire listening audience. Is the Beatles' I Feel Fine the first time that feedback was intentionally recorded? Notice how I'm being very specific about that. It's not just a recording of feedback. Because a mistake is one thing. I mean, Jimi Hendrix used feedback all the time. Right. But did he walk into the studio and say, okay, I'm going to use this idea of feedback. Thus, that's where the Beatles normally win. Right. John Lennon said, oh, how can we get this into the song? Yes. Okay. Now, let's do the timeline. The Beatles' I Feel Fine was released November 23rd, 1964. Moving backwards to Uh the month of March... 1964. As a matter of fact, it came out first September of 1963 in the UK. You know the song by the Rolling Stones? I want to be your man. Dun, 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 dun. I do. I want to be your man. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. On the B side of that was a song called Stoned. Okay. I think I know that song also. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's almost completely an instrumental. Right. But the very for, first guitar solo in Stoned, I'm not sure who played it because I've seen Brian and I've seen Keith. I'm going to guess Keith. It sounds like Keith. I'm going to play for you right now about 12 seconds of the song. You tell me if this isn't feedback. Oh, dear. Now you tell me, was that 
feedback or oh, was it not? Multiple times. There you go. See, now we have a concern. What's the concern? It, it sounds to me like the Beatles uh, copied the Stones. No, no, no. I don't think they copied them. I don't think they copied them. Everybody knew what feedback was. Okay. But I think the Stones beat them to it. Yeah. But then you say to yourself, congratulations, the Stones. No, somebody had to beat them, right? Somebody before that may have a song with a little bit of feedback. And it's a little bit of feedback. So let me play Stoned all the way through. We'll come back and we'll talk about who may have defeated the Stones. All right? Stoned on Rock School. Into the second break. Okay, now if you were to make the statement, what was the first song that used feedback on purpose? I get, you know, I know what people are going to say. If you go all the way back to Jazz at the Philharmonic, which a lot of people believe is the first rock and roll record, right. with Les Paul playing the guitar and some major jazz musicians playing, it tends to lean rock and roll. And Les Paul was playing an extremely distorted guitar. Now, remember, when I say extremely distorted, it doesn't sound like Metallica. (laughs) Take the equipment for what it was at the time. Right. But he's playing a distorted guitar, and every so often it tends to push a little bit. Is that feedback, or is that something they, they intended, or is that something that's incidental? So therein lies the fight. The Beatles were intentional. They said, okay, how can we do this and put it in a song? Exactly. But the Stones have it close to a year previous. And you think to yourself, now, come on, that's got to be the first one. Uh, now, remember, the Stones are in 63 re- releasing the and song in the UK. And that was intentional as well. The Stones. Yes or it no? It certainly sounded like that to me. It because sounds like it's part of it. If it wasn't intentional, they would have gone back and re-recorded it. Yeah, now, they would have taken it out. It may have happened incidentally, like, ooh, that's a neat little thing. Okay. So they didn't go in specifically to say, okay, I'm going to do this, but it happened, and they left it. Does that make them number one? Well, you're talking about recording yes so yeah the recording was before the Beatles right because I guarantee there's been feedback on recordings previous to both of these songs except they stopped the tape and went no hold on you don't want that however in 1959 Uh two and a half years previous to Uh stoned something happened let me play that for you hey who's listening to us KSCL in Shreveport, Louisiana. I liked Shreveport. We've driven through it a few times. I like Shreveport. I'm not moving there. You're not moving there? No. I could move there. Be back in a minute here on Rock School. Out of the break. Let's go back to Bo Diddley's album that contains Clock Strikes 12. Now, everybody knows Bo Diddley for Willie and the Hand Jive, right? Right? Go Bo Diddley, go Bo Diddley. Well, he has a song. It's an instrumental called Clock Strikes 12 where Bo Diddley is playing the violin, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the violin per se that gets right to the edge of feedback because at one point in time in the song, he does play a little bit of guitar and it's right at the edge. Once again, allow me to play you about 12 seconds of the song. Here we go. 
okay, it's not as prevalent. Don't get me wrong. It's not as prevalent. See, there were people on all of these uh, different boards that were talking about feedback that right. had it all the way back to Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys, and I never heard anything that came close. That one is right at the edge. Is it enough to put it previous to the Rolling Stones? Stoned. Is it intentional? <sighs> You've got two different things going on there. Uh, uh, thus the fight. Yeah. Thus if you the did fight. It is one, I mean, doing it is one thing, but did you mean for it to be on the record? That's, Fair question. That's, that's the... Uh, Fair question. Or not, did the mistake just get there and it was good? Not that, Is that any different than the, than the Beatles? They came up with it as a mistake, but they came in specifically to do it. <laughs> thus the fight. I love these fights. I really do. I love when people disagree intent, with me. Intent wins. Intent wins? No, I think so. So the Beatles win or the Stones no, win? No, the Stones win. Always. Oh, do you? Oh, okay, oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's Bo Diddley, full song. Clock Strikes 12, Bo Diddley here in Rock School. Did you buy it? I didn't buy it. No, Bo no. Diddley didn't do it? No, I don't think so. Could you hear, though, that you had musicians playing around with the technology at the time to see how hard they could drive it without it yelling back at them? Could you hear that? Well, it sounded like they probably had made a mistake and they had pulled right. it back. And then that's what I think, too. And yeah. I don't know this. I don't know anything about the recording session, but it sounds like they had it cranked right at the level, the idea of if I go one-tenth of a tick further, yeah. it's going to go. And, and it you, gives you that idea. You don't want to go further than that. No, you don't. Okay, let's talk one more here. Frank Zappa. Those of you who are fans of Frank Zappa know that in terms of his guitar playing, he will live in the world of feedback. Let me tell you how much he actually did live in the world of feedback. Remember the guy, the physicist named Bonner, who talked about the idea that feedback is a single specific frequency? Yes. According to Frank Zappa, quote, The type of feedback that I'm using now, there's a special circuit in my guitar. It's a parametric equalizer. During the sound check in the afternoon, I turn my amplifier on and turn the frequency equalizer to the exact frequency that is most prone to feedback in that particular room it's different for every room even if you leave your amp set exactly where it was with the same tones you have to set it again and again so i search for that tone and that's pretty much it and i set that as a preset which means he wants feedback so bad he has eq'd his instrument to look for the specific frequency in that room that will feed back. Wow. That's ridiculous. Are you killing me? Huh? <laughs> Frank Zappa, Duke on orchestral prunes. Listen to all it. It's so wet. It's so feedy back. And he did it by setting an EQ into a guitar. That's ridiculous. Here on Rock School.
break here on Rock School, and we gotta do it quick. Why? Here's it. Well, we're out of time. Here's a few songs you should listen to if you want to hear very, very early feedback from May of 1965. Listen to the Who's anyway, anyhow, anywhere. It is impossible to miss. It's in the solo, and it's impossible to miss. Uh, Canned Heat had one called Fried Hockey Boogie. It's about an 11-minute song. <sighs> uh, they play off a Jimi Hendrix reference where they yell, Are you really experienced? And the guy plays a guitar <laughs> solo, and it <laughs> feeds back like crazy. Dig Foxy Lady. It is a ball of feedback. Now, right. as I've said before on this show, the vast number of audio alterations are either attempting to create what exists in the real world like echo like feedback like phase and also to create an effect that won't hurt the instrument distortion is the big one the early distortion was done because the cone on the amplifier was misshapen or like link ray went in and took a pencil and pounded you know, holes in it. Right. Uh, you've also got uh, Dave Davies, I think it was, going in with a razor blade and cutting the cone. So you're hurting your instrument and you're hurting your amplification. How can we do this in an analog fashion? How can we do this in a digital fashion so you don't hurt the Destroy amplifier? The, yeah, right. right. Well, Boss, the Boss DF2 Super Feedbacker and the Fender Runaway Feedback Pedal both exists. So what you have is this thing you can step on as you're playing the guitar, and it will create feedback without overdriving your amplifier. Nice. Yeah, feedback's not good. Right. It's not good for the amplifier. It is a far overdriven frequency uh -huh. that comes from this feedback loop. So I want that. I want that sound. How do I do it without hurting my instrument? Well, you can get the Fender. You can get the Boss. So it's out there you doing You got to get the pedal, right? Yep. Now, let me get, ask you a question. Do you know more about feedback than you ever wished you had ever known about feedback? You know I didn't learn a thing today. That's painful. <laughs> it is. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I'm Tammy Burns. See you next week. Class is dismissed. <laughs>